Chapter One of Donal Grant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. Donal Grant by George MacDonald. Chapter One Footfaring. It was a lovely morning in the first of summer. Donal Grant was descending a path on a hillside to the valley below a sheep track of which he knew every winding as well as any boy his half-mile to and from school. But he had never before gone down the hill with the feeling that he was not about to go up again. He was on his way to pastures very new, and in the distance only negatively inviting. But his heart was too full to be troubled, nor was his a heart to harbor a care, the next thing to an evil spirit, though not quite so bad, for one care may drive out another, while one devil is sure to bring in another. A great billowy waste of mountains lay beyond him, amongst which played the shadow at their games of hide-and-seek, graciously merry in the eyes of the happy man, but sadly solemn in the eyes of him in whose heart the dreary thoughts of the past are at a like game. Behind Donal lay a world of dreams into which he dared not turn and look, yet from which he could scarce avert his eyes. He was nearing the foot of the hill when he stumbled and almost fell, but recovered himself with the agility of a mountaineer, and the unpleasant knowledge that the sole of one of his shoes was all but off. Never had he left home for college that his father had not made personal inspection of his shoes to see that they were fit for the journey, but on this departure they had been forgotten. He sat down and took off the failing equipment. It was too far gone to do anything temporary with it, and of discomforts a loose sole to one's shoe in walking is of the worst. The only thing was to take off the other shoe and both stockings and go barefoot. He tied all together with a piece of string, made them fast to his deerskin knapsack, and resumed his walk. The thing did not trouble him much. To have what we want is riches, but to be able to do without is power. To have shoes is a good thing. To be able to walk without them is a better. But it was long since Donal had walked barefoot, and he found his feet, like his shoe, "'weaker in the soul than was pleasant. "'It's time,' he said to himself, "'when he found he was stepping gingerly. "'I gave my feet a turn at the old accomplishment. "'It's a pity to grow not so fit for anything "'sooner nor you need. "'I would like to lie down at last with hard soles.' "'In every stream he came to he bathed his feet, "'and often on the way rested them, "'when otherwise able enough to go on. "'He had no certain goal, "'though he knew his direction and was in no haste.' He had confidence in God and in his own powers as the gift of God, and knew that wherever he went he needed not be hungry long, even should the little money in his pocket be spent. It is better to trust in work than in money. God never buys anything, and is forever at work. But if anyone trusts in work, he has to learn that he must trust in nothing but strength, the self-existent original strength only. And Donald Grant had long begun to learn that. The man has begun to be strong who knows that, separated from life essential, he is weakness itself, that one with his origin, he will be of strength inexhaustible. Donal was now descending the heights of youth to walk along the king's high road of manhood. Happy he who, as his son is going down behind the western, is himself ascending the eastern hill, returning through old age to the second and better childhood, which shall not be taken from him. He who turns his back on the setting sun goes to meet the rising sun. He who loses his life shall find it. Donal had lost his past, but not so as to be ashamed. 
there are many ways of losing. His past had but crept, like the dead, back to God who gave it. In better shape it would be his by and by. Already he had begun to foreshadow this truth. God would keep it for him. He had set out before the sun was up, for he would not be met by friends or acquaintances. Avoiding the well-known farmhouses and occasional village, he took his way up the river, and about noon came to a hamlet where no one knew him, a cluster of straw-roofed cottages, low and white, with two little windows each. He walked straight through it, not meaning to stop, but spying in front of the last cottage a rough stone seat under a low, wide-spreading elder tree, was tempted to sit down and rest a little. The day was now hot, and the shadow of the tree inviting. He had but seated himself when a woman came to the door of the cottage, looked at him for a moment, and, probably thinking him from his bare feet, poorer than he was, said, "'What do you like a drink?' "'Aye, would I,' answered Donal. "'A drink o' water, gin you please.' "'What for no milk?' asked the woman. "'Cause I'm able to pay for it,' answered Donal. "'I want na payment,' she rejoined, perceiving his drift as little as probably my reader. "'And I want na milk.' returned Donal. "'Well, ye may pay for it gin ye like,' she rejoined. "'But I dinna like,' replied Donal. "'Well, you're a some queer customer,' she remarked. "'I thank you, but I'm no customer. Sit for a drink o' water,' he persisted, looking in her face with a smile. "'And water as I been gratis, sin the days of Adam. Sit maybe in tones in the hut parts of the world.' The woman turned into the cottage, and came out again presently with a delft basin, holding about a pint full of milk, yellow and rich. "'There,' she said. "'Drink and be thankful.' "'I'll be thankful on drunken,' said Donal. "'I thank you with all my heart, but I cannot bide to take for nothing what I can pay for, and I dinna like to lay out my silver upon a luxury I can weel enough do wantin, for I had no muckle. I wouldna be shabby, nor yet greedy.' "'Drink for the love of God,' said the woman. Donal took the bowl from her hand and drank till all was gone." "'Will ye have a drap mair?' she asked. "'Na, no a drap,' answered Donal. "'I'll gang in the strength of that ye given me, "'maybe no just forty days, good wife, "'but mair no forty minutes, "'and that's a good part of a day. "'I thank ye heartily. "'Yon was a milk of human kindness, "'gin ever was any.' "'As he spoke, he rose, "'and stood up refreshed for his journey. "'I have a soldier, laddie, "'away in the hep parts ye spake of,' "'said the woman. "'Gin ye had na ta'en the milk, "'ye would a gin me a sair heart.' "'Eh, good wife, it would a gin me one to think I had,' returned Donal. "'The Lord gie you back your soldier laddie safe and sound. "'Maybe I'll have to gang after him, soldier myself. "'Na, na, that wouldna do. "'You're a scholar. "'That's easy to see, for all you're so plain-spoken. "'It does a body's heart good to hear a man that understands things "'say them plain out in the tongue his mother taught him. "'Sick a one'll gang straight till his maker "'and find all thing there home-like. "'Lord, I wish ministers would speak like other folk.' "'Ye would say to please my mother saying that,' remarked Donal. "'Ye maun be just sick another as her. "'Weel, come in, and sit ye down out o' the sun, and have something to eat. "'Nah, I'll take na mare fra ye the day, and I thank ye,' replied Donal. "'I canna well bide.' "'What for no?' "'It's not so muckle at a minute hurry, as that a maun be doin'. "'What are ye born for? Gin a body may speer. "'I'm going to seek, no my fortune, but my daily bread.' "'Gin I spake as a right man, I would say I was going to look for the work set me. "'I'm feared to say that straight out. I hanna won so far as that yet. "'I wouldna do nothing, though, if he wouldn't have me do. 
I dare to say that, so be I understand. My mother says the day'll come when I'll care for nothing but his will. Your mother'll be Janet Grant, I'm thinking. There cannot be two such in one countryside. You're in the right, answered Donal. Ken ye, my mither? I ha' seen her, and to see her is to ken her. Ay, gin who sees her be sick like as herself. I canna pretend to that, but she's well kent through all the country for a God-fearing woman. And where'll ye be for the know? I'm just upon the tramp, looking for work. And what may ye be pleased to call work? Oh, just the communication o' what I ha' the understanding of. Oh, well, gin ye'll condescend to advice frae an old wife, I'll give ye a bit with ye. Take na ilka lass ye see for a born angel. Mist out her a wee to begin with. Hang up your judgment of her a wee. Look to the mo and the ain o' her. I thank ye, said Donal with a smile, in which the woman spied the sadness. I'm no like to need the advice. She looked at him pitifully and paused. Gin ye come this gate again, she said, ye'll no gang by my door. I will no, replied Donal, and wishing her good-bye with a grateful heart, betook himself to his journey. He had not gone far when he found himself on a wide moor. He sat down on a big stone and began to turn things over in his mind. This is how his thoughts went. I can never be the man I was. The thought of my heart's taken from me. I cannot think about things as I used. There's nothing so bonny as afore. When the life slips from him, how can a man gang on living? Yet I'm not dead. That's what makes the difficulty of the situation. Gin I were dead, well, I cannot what then. I doubt there would be trouble still, though some things might be lighter. But that's neither here nor there. I mun live. I had no choice. I didna make myself, and I'm not going to meddle with myself. I think mair o' myself nor dar that. But there's one question I mun settle afore I gang farther, and that's this: Am I to be less or mair nor I was afore? It's agreed I canna be the same. If I canna be the same, I mun either be less or greater than I was afore. Wilka them is it to be? I wouldn't have that question to spear mair nor once. I'll be mair nor I was. To sink to less would be to lose grip o' my past as weel's o' my future. And how would I ever look her in the face, gin I grew less because o' her? A child like me let a bonny lassie think herself to blame for what I grew till. And there's a greater nor the last to be considered. Cause he sees na fit to give me her I would have. Is he not to have his will o' me? It's a grand thing to ken a lassie like yon, and a grander thing yet to be allowed to love her. To sit down and great cause I'm not to marry her would be most ungrateful. What for should I three but I ought to have her? What for should not I be disappointed as well as another? I have as good a right to any good it's to come o' that, I fancy. Gin it be a man's part to carry a sair heart, it canna be his part to sit down with it upon the roadside, and lay it upon his lap and grate o'er it, like a bairn with a cut at finger. He mun hold on his road. Who am I to differ for the lave o' my folk? I should be like the lave, and gin I greet, I win a gern. The Lord himself had to be cront with pain. Eh, my bonny dove, but ye love a better man, and that's a sair comfort. Gin it had been otherwise, I did not think I could have borne the pain at my heart. But as it's good, and not ill it's come to ye, I had na you and myself too to great for, and that's a sair comfort. Lord, I'll climb to thee, and gather o' the healing it grows for the nations in thy garden. I see the thing as plain as thing can be. The cure o' all ills just mere life. That's it. Life a bone and a yont the life it took the stroke. And gin through this heartbreak I come by mere life, it'll be just one of the throes of my heavenly birth. In the wilk the bairn has as many of the pains as the mither. That's maybe a differ between the two. 
the earthly and the heavenly. So now I had to begin fresh, and let the thing it's past and gone slip after ither dreams. Hey, but it's a bonny dream yet. It lies close ahind me, not to be forgotten, not to be looked at. Like one of the dreams of water in moonlight, it has no work in them. A body wouldna lie on night and all day too in a dream of the soul's gloaming. Now, nah, Lord, make o' me a strong man, and sign and give me as muckle o' the bonny as may please thee. Who am I to lip until, gin no to thee, my ain father and mother and grandfather and all body in one, for thou gids me them all? No, I'm to begin again, a fresh life for this minute. I'm to set out for this very point, like one of the youngest sons in the fairy tales, to seek my portion, and see what's coming to meet me as I gang to meet it. The world afore me's my story-book. I canna see o'er the leaf till I come to the end of it. When I was a bairn, just able with sair endeavour to win at the heart a print, I never would look on afore. The one time I did it, I thought I had done a shameful thing, like looking in at a keyhole, as I did just once too, when I thank God my mither gave me sick a blessed lickin, and I kent it must be something dreadful I had done. So here's for what's coming. I ken where it mun come frae, and I shall make it welcome. My mither says the main mischief in the world is, it folk winna let the Lord have his own way, and so he has just to take it. Wilk makes it a sair thing for them. Therewith he rose to encounter that which was on its way to meet him. He is a fool who stands and lets life move past him like a panorama. He also is a fool who would lay hands on its motion and change its pictures. He can but distort and injure if he does not ruin them, and come upon awful shadows behind them. And lo, as he glanced around him, already something of the old mysterious loveliness, now for so long vanished from the face of the visible world, had returned to it. Not yet as it was before, but with dawning promise of a new creation, a fresh beauty, in welcoming which he was not turning from the old, but receiving the new that God sent him. He might yet be many a time sad, but to lament would be to act as if he were wronged, would be at best weak and foolish. He would look the new life in the face, and be what it should please God to make him. The scents the wind brought him from field and garden and moor seemed sweeter than ever wind-borne scents before. They were seeking to comfort him. He sighed, but turned from the sigh to God, and found fresh gladness and welcome. The wind hovered about him as if it would fain have something to do in the matter. The river rippled and shone as if it knew something worth knowing as yet unrevealed. The delight of creation is verily in secrets, but in secrets as truths on the way. All secrets are embryo revelations. On the far horizon, heaven and earth met as old friends, who, though never parted, were ever renewing their friendship. The world, like the angels, was rejoicing, if not over a sinner that had repented, yet over a man that had passed from a lower to a higher condition of life, out of its earth into its air. He was going to live above and look down on the inferior world. Ere the shades of evening fell that day around Donald Grant, he was in the new childhood of a new world. I do not mean such thoughts had never been present to him before, but to think a thing is only to look at it in a glass. To know it as God would have us know it, and as we must know it to live, is to see it as we see love in a friend's eyes, to have it as the love the friend sees in ours. To make things real to us is the end and the battle cause of life. We often think we believe what we are only presenting to our imaginations. The least thing can overthrow that kind of faith. The imagination is an endless help towards faith, but it is no more faith than a dream of food will make us strong for the next day's work.
To know God as the beginning and end, the root and cause, the giver, the enabler, the love and joy and perfect good, the present one existence in all things and degrees and conditions, is life. And faith, in its simplest, truest, mightiest form, is to do his will. Donal was making his way towards the eastern coast, in the certain hope of finding work of one kind or another. He could have been well content to pass his life as a shepherd like his father, but for two things. He knew what it would be well for others to know, and he had a hunger after the society of books. A man must be able to do without whatever is denied him, but when his heart is hungry for an honest thing, he may use honest endeavor to obtain it. Donal desired to be useful and live for his generation, also to be with books. To be where was a good library would suit him better than buying books, for without a place in which to keep them, they are among the impedimenta of life. And Donal knew that in regard to books, he was in danger of loving after the fashion of this world. Books he had a strong inclination to accumulate and hoard. Therefore, the use of a library was better than the means of buying them. Books as possessions are also of the things that pass and perish, as surely as any other form of earthly having. They are of the playthings God lets men have that they may learn to distinguish between apparent and real possession. If having will not teach them, loss may. But who would have thought, meeting the youth as he walked the road with shoeless feet, that he sought the harbor of a great library in some old house, so as day after day to feast on the thoughts of men who had gone before him, for his was no antiquarian soul. It was a soul hungry after life, not after the mummy cloths and wrapping the dead. End of chapter 1